Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We'll do it live! It. Do it live! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Good morning from the Morning Beat. It's Michaela here. AJ's out this morning, but we're doing it live. Our producer, Justin, is filling in. Hello. Justin, you know how to make my morning. I love that clip more than anything. How Have we loved that clip for three years? Is it like it's three-year anniversary yet? Well, I think we only had it for the two and a half years, although I've known about it for, you know, decades. Yeah, it's incredible. It's iconic. Uh, and so is this show today uh it's mental health week which we discuss a lot about uh, and dr milo's joining us to talk about cutting off your family when's the right time setting boundaries which i think is so tough for so many people also we're joined this hour with dr james simmons for what the health uh in regards to these covid booster shots which I think is super interesting. Is this going to be our new normal? Now, you're vaccinated fully, Justin. Fully. So would you do the booster shot? Of course. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, naturally. Has the baby been... Has the baby had its... Well, Bennett has not had any of his shots yet because it is not FDA approved for an emergency use for anyone under the age of 12. Oh. So... You know, as soon as it's approved for his age group, he's going to be in line for it. Yeah. Yeah. Will he be physically standing in line? Is he at that point in his Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have him standing, yet. you know, have him hold a newspaper, you know, Excellent. read his phone. Cup of coffee. Whatever. Exactly. Living his truth. All right. We also have Ryan Basham joining us for Red, White, and Q. Donald Trump is under investigations again. Um, and Paula Canny will also be joining us, one of our favorite attorneys. She's such a spitfire, talking about the grand jury. How was your night last night? You know, I had an interesting night, and I will get into it next hour. What? Just, I have a little bit of a diatribe that I need to go on regarding homeowners associations and my absolute living, living hatred for them. And I'll explain Wait, why next what hour. what is it? A diatribe? Yes. I have a monologue, a uh, speech, a... Uh, uh, just I want to unleash some fury on the air towards my local homeowners, homeowners association, which I just don't get. It's frustrating. It's just the worst thing in the world. I don't know if you're a part of a homeowners association yeah. or a tenants association. The HOA is the worst thing They're in the, the world. They're the worst thing ever. Yeah. I and, hate the HOA. And I can tell you why next hour because it is just peeing me off. Okay. Well, I would love to say that I'm a homeowner. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But Lisa has two homes, both belonging in an HOA, both equally horrible. Yeah. So good. I can't wait to rant with you. Oh. Let's uh, get into a little news so Let's we can get to the story a little quicker now. A lesbian soldier has tragically taken her own life following an alleged sexual assault by a military colleague. Days after she came out on Facebook, Private First Class Kaylee Harris was just 21 years old when she died by suicide on May 2nd at a military base in Anchorage, Alaska. She'd been a soldier less than a year In the days that followed her death, Kaylee's mother, Carrie Harris, learned her daughter had filed a sexual assault complaint against a fellow service member. Uh, Ten days after she came out as a lesbian, she uh, asked them, did you know that she was a lesbian? Uh, To which... They replied, yes, absolutely, everybody knew. Now, unfortunately, uh, Kaylee in January was allegedly attacked by an Air Force airman she had considered a friend. And as the military investigated the assault, Kaylee's health started, uh, her mental health rapidly deteriorated and she began distancing herself from others. Now, there were thoughts of suicide and self-harm to her superiors, um, but she's 
had her own life taken because of this. I think it's devastating. So tragic. I uh, know. Uh, re- remember our old guest, our old friend Denny Meyer, who was a veteran serving yeah. in Vietnam. Uh, every time a story like this comes up, I think of you know his tale of just all the you know pain and abuse that he had to endure as a closeted man in the military and my heart just breaks for this woman and I know. her family. And her family. It's devastating. Yeah. I mean, imagine also being a lesbian but wanting to serve your country. Like, doing the absolute most. A job that many would not take and she's forced to take her own life. She's braver than probably any of any of us listening. Like, uh, uh, all, unfortunately, none of us have had the pre- pleasure of serving in this room. But just the sacrifice and the immense, you know, love of country and love yeah. of everything, uh, uh, patriotism on top of that, it's shocking. So sad. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 93 in Vegas today, 99 in Palm Springs, 86 in Houston, 99 in Phoenix, 90 in Atlanta, 81 in Cleveland, and 102 in Indio. Now, do you have a vibe of the day? Yes, I do. Yes, Daddy! Permanence, perseverance, and persistence in spite of all obstacles, discouragements, and, and impossibilities. If it, it is this that in all things distinguishes the strong soul from the weak. Come through. That's a good one. Push through. Do it. You can always push through. Yes, push through. All right, well, coming up, we are joined with Dr. James Simmons for What the Health as we discuss if vaccine booster shots will become the new normal next. It's time for another round of What the Health. Joining us, as always, is our favorite Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, thank you. How are you? I am doing very well, although I didn't sleep well last night, AJ. Well, is that Why? is that because your flight got canceled and you're currently waiting to board a new one at an airport terminal even as we speak? That is exactly what's going on. You know, at 42, almost 43 years old, sleeping on the floor of an airport is not as much fun as oh, it used to be no. in the 20s. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, backtrack. You spent the night in the airport? Well, the flight didn't get in until midnight, so I missed everyone who was flying into Dallas, missed our connections because of weather. So there's hundreds of us sleeping on the floor in the airport today. So I just picked a cozy spot and, uh, you know, Listen, we are, up a T-shirt, off we went. We are getting to this COVID-19 vaccine booster uh, information very quickly. We're going to get there. However, I did get stuck in an airport overnight one time. I had to do the exact same thing. You know what airport it was? Uh-oh, I hope more glamorous than Dallas. Dallas-Fort Worth, exact same oh, airport. God. Happened oh, years ago. Really? So, yeah, so have fun. I, I do have to say, I, you know, I haven't really flown since before the pandemic. I'm on my way home to see my parents for a, the first time since September of 2019. Oh, my and gosh. I think, Are you I know, so excited, honey? I can't even, like, handle it right now. Yes, I'm, I'm very, Listen, I feel that's like a big I'm, deal. I'm a little kid. Yeah. yeah, it is a big deal. But I think uh, Dallas took some time during the pandemic to upgrade their airport because she's cute, honey. Okay, okay, get it, Dallas. Mm. Well, you're able to go home because of vaccines, and there are now studies that are coming out. You know, you tell us all the time on the show we're getting more information the longer these vaccines are in play. Uh, we're now hearing that we might need boosters. Uh, we're learning more about that. What do you know, and what do our listeners need to know? So this is something that we've kind of talked about from the beginning, that there is a possibility that we may need boosters. And I want to make sure that, uh, you know, all of the listeners, um, A, I apologize for any background noise, and B, I want to make sure that the listeners all know that this is a possibility. We do not know this for sure yet, because this information that's coming out, you know, ever since Dr. Fauci said this earlier in the week, it's been like, oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely, we're going to need boosters. Oh, God, here we go. The vaccines aren't working. Like, people have turned it into a whole thing. This may turn into a situation that is similar to, um, like, a flu vaccine, where we sort of have to update the vaccine every year with new uh, strains, the new mutations. Or it could be like a tetanus shot where we don't have to necessarily update it, but we just need to sort of remind your body of how to be immune to this. And it could be on a longer period every 10 years. But here's the thing that we don't know right now. We don't know if we're going to need those booster shots or not. We know right now at six months that people have 90% protection still um, with the vaccines. It's really, really fantastic. But we're not going to have that data on what our protection looks like at a year until somewhere around August or September. I mean, that sounds good. Do you think that um, with a booster shot, can you do a booster without getting the vaccines to begin with? Is is it it like a flu shot or is it, will it be something similar? No, I I mean, you definitely need to get the vaccine first and then the booster would be to be built on top of that. You know, people who have had COVID-19 infection, 
um, you know, have been reporting sort of maybe more significant um, reaction, like like side effects to the vaccine. And that's good. It's like the second primer for your immune system. And then this booster would be like the third or fourth, depending on which vaccine you get. So we're really pushing this effort to make sure that people are as immune to this horrible, god-awful disease as possible. And so I think most of us would be completely fine if that means that, oh, maybe every year or every two years, we don't know yet. But whatever it may end up being, if we have to go and get a jab, um, just to make sure that we stay immune to this thing. Well, I'm kind of curious to know if, you know, just historically, uh, say we hit X amount of vaccines, say 70% of, of people get fully vaccinated. A guesstimate maybe, and this is just a rough number. How many? How high a percentage of those people do you actually think would go get boosters down the road? Is it 10%? Is it 50%? Is it somewhere in the middle? That's a, a fantastic question and one that public health experts have been trying to answer around the flu for a very long time. Here in the United States, when we do our best with the flu shot, when the most people who are going to take the flu shot take it, we only ever get to about 50% of uh, eligible folks take the flu, flu vaccine. Mm. So it's hard to know. So solely based off of the flu vaccine, which again is an annual vaccine, um, we could guess that maybe 50% of people would get some sort of booster from this. And here's the situation. If more people got vaccinated and we actually reached this magical herd immunity number, which now may is even creeping higher, we may need 85% of individuals to be either vaccinated or immunity, these mutations wouldn't be an issue. And then we might not even be having this conversation about needing boosters, right? Because the virus would essentially sort of fade away because we would have herd immunity. But because people are not getting vaccinated, their choice, fine. But the consequences of those choices are we may now need to continually update this vaccine to keep up with the mutations that are still happening because there are still people out there getting the disease because they're not vaccinated. That's fascinating. I also want to let our listeners know I don't prep you if these questions. That question was right out of, like, literally out of left field, and you were ready for it, and, and that's why we love you so much. I and with, like, two hours of sleep on an airport floor. <laughs> okay. Listen, quit, tooting. Quit. <laughs> quit tooting your own horn, Dr. James. I know. Dr. We're going to let you go. Please travel safe, Dr. James. Enjoy your parents. You are sharing a sentiment that so many are sharing. Not seeing your family since 2019 sounds so crazy, but have a great time. Thank you so much. Really looking forward to it. Y'all have a great week. Coming up, what one woman did to increase her social media following is something that I can only say is iconic. So why did she get arrested? Find out coming up next. Well, welcome back to The Morning Beat. AJ's out this morning, but I'm here as always with our producer, Justin. We have a great show for you. Hello, Justin. How are we feeling going into our second hour as a host? I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, you are? I, now I'm ha- now that I have the power as a host, I want to just take a small minute to just okay, rant about something. Okay, let's get into news on the beat this morning. Okay, fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> Go, what, what? So I was telling you last hour that I was having an issue with my homeowners association, and just to give you a brief over- overview, you know, homeowners associations are the absolute worst. The worst. So we've had this gate, this animal gate, in our alleyway for the past month, because the neighbors wouldn't pick it up. Covered in animal coverings, you know, just absolutely disgusting. Not picked up by the trash people. They just left it out there for a month. Tried writing to the HOA. They said, oh, we'll look into it. They did nothing. I come to find out that my next door neighbor, who is a very, very nice elderly couple named Fred and Bonnie. They do this little nice little rock painting. They say they have different, you know, colors and writings called like God is good, you know, live your best life. Uh, Just all these positive uplifting messages. I found out from them that our homeowners association sent them essentially a cease and desist letter because they had nice rocks that they were giving out to people in their yard, not obstructing anybody, not hurting anybody, but the animal gate that I've almost hit two times that's covered in, you know, dog excrement, they they can't do anything about that. And I am just livid. Listen to me, Justin. Yeah. I don't own a home, okay? Mm-hmm. I can barely get myself to work every day. Yeah. As, a, as an adult, okay? Lisa owns two homes. Yeah. I have never dealt with people that I dislike more. It is so wild. The control that these people feel for the amount of money that you're paying for your home. It's always run by the most pretentious, uh, you know, snotty-nosed person in the neighborhood as well. I know. I know. It's like the... 
person that was probably student body president in school. Oh, no. I, I, I don't even think those people. It's like the people that ran and lost. Oh, okay. And now are okay. taking their revenge on the people. I, I've got to show my modicum of power over you by making sure you can't, you know, display your colored rocks in the yard, which are not just small little river rocks that are not obstructing anyone, not hurting anybody, not ostentatious. Yeah. But, you know, the S-covered dog fence. Oh, no, that, that, that's fine. Well, let, let it be. Justin, it it's unfortunate you're not passionate about this subject. <sighs> uh, I'm glad you were able to get it off your chest. I, I, I want to I talk about it tomorrow. I really want to call them up and just give them a piece of my mind, and I'm really wondering why I haven't. Great. Well, then you're going to want to talk to Dr. Milo this hour with us as we continue our mental health series. Uh, we're talking about when it's time to cut off family and also create new boundaries and maybe boundaries with your HOA. Yeah. Also find out why this girlfriend is being deemed as creepy after reaching out uh, to her boyfriend's restaurant customer after she left a review. But for now, let's do a little news on the beat. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is getting mocked on Twitter for not quite understanding what pronouns are while trying to mock the practice of sharing one's pronouns. My pronoun is patriot, she wrote, trying to make fun of how it's common now in LGBTQ and progressive spaces to state one's pronouns. People on Twitter were not impressed. Boebert's main point was an attack on transgender people, and she has a long history of opposing LGBTQ rights. She led a press conference outside the Capitol when Congress was voting on the Equality Act, where she went on an unhinged rant full of fake claims about transgender preteens and told reporters she's raising her sons to be men, and she's proud of that. She also took a brave stance against SpongeBob SquarePants being gay. The cartoon character has not officially come out. I think she probably runs an HOA association as well. Th- oh my God, a thousand percent. And she's like, my pronoun is HOA. <sighs> Patriot. You know what my favorite thing is when somebody tries to make fun of somebody else and then it backfires and they look ridiculous. Yeah, her pronouns are ignorant D-bag. Yeah, totally. All right, in other news, uh, global coronavirus cases dropped 14% last week. The biggest decreases were in Europe, but the agency warned that case numbers and deaths overall are still high. The U.S. has hit a big vaccine milestone with half the adult population fully vaccinated, according to CDC records. And a new vaccine could be coming for young people. Moderna plans to request FDA authorization next month to open up its shots to adolescents after saying a trial showed the vaccine is safe and appears to be effective for kids 12 to 17. Meanwhile, Chinese state media is criticizing Dr. Anthony Fauci after he said he is no longer convinced the COVID-19 pandemic originated naturally. He later clarified, saying that although all possibilities must be investigated, he still believes that its origin and nature is highly likely. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather today. It's going to be a high of 100 in Indio, 90 in Sacramento, 81 in Chicago, 71 in Buffalo, 66 in Seattle, 88 in Kansas, 99 in Palm Springs, and a high of 93 in Vegas. Now give us a vibe of the day. Just remember, you can do anything you set your mind to but it takes action, perseverance, and facing your fears. Love to hear it. That was a good one, Justin. Thank you. Way to go. All right, we'll face your fears and call the HOA tomorrow. We'll coming do. up, we continue our mental health series with Dr. Milo joining us to discuss when it's time to cut off your family and create new boundaries next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. As always, mental health is at the forefront of what we do here on our show and throughout Channel Q. And as we wrap up, Um, National Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, We're focusing this final week of the month here on our show on mental health, having conversations with some of our favorite therapists. Joining us right now to have one of those conversations is Dr. Milo Dodson. Thank you, doctor, for being here. How are you? I'm doing very good. Excited to be with you all as always. Um, So today we're talking about something I think Michaela and I can both relate to. I think a lot of our listeners can relate to this. Uh, And this is coming from a a sort of famous family. Uh, We're talking about the uh, daughter of uh, um, Shanna Mochler and Travis Barker, Barker, who is now dating Kourtney Kardashian, right? Well, their daughter, Alabama Barker, says she has cut off her family amid drama with her mother. She took to social media to talk about uh, this declaration. She's 15 years old. Um, But I think cutting off family is, on one hand, so, so very common. We can all relate to it. But it's also one of the most difficult things you could ever do. Um, When do you advise maybe one of your your clients or or whatever, uh, one of your patients, to actually step back from family? Well, my step forward with a client would actually be to sit with them and encourage them, first and foremost, to give themselves grace and compassion and patience. 
Because like you're highlighting, this is probably one of the most difficult decisions that a person could make and one of the most significant relationships that we have. So when we're thinking about moving forward, I will never fault anybody and I will 100% support them when they're prioritizing their mental health. Because you can't, you can't fault for someone for wanting to maintain healthy boundaries because we're all worthy of peace. So after we've gone through, you know, you express disagreement, you're kind of setting values and setting limits, you're describing the experience that you're having. If someone's continuing to encroach on those boundaries, then for me as a, as a psychologist, this is about you making a healthy decision for yourself. And I, I tell my clients that, look, I'm going to support you 100% no matter what. And I also want to reflect back to you the amount of pain that you're expressing this person continues to bring into your life. Mm. It's so interesting, Dr. Milo, uh, because I've spoken to your wife about this a lot, and I've spoken in depth about not having a relationship with not only my mother, but my father. I don't speak to either of them. I haven't for years. There was a blip in time last year when my grandmother died, but since then, again, uh, because they just overstep boundaries and people are often very shot. They're like, how do you not speak to either of your parents? But you know, I've never subscribed to sticking with emotional and physical and mental abuse. I mean, it's one thing growing up in it, but I think that as we get older, if they're not willing to change that behavior, that's not my responsibility just because they brought me into this world. And I don't always know how that sounds, but it really is just coming from a place of protecting myself, my sanity, my future children, my partner. I mean, how do you talk to somebody so that they don't feel like it's a selfish move when people are constantly saying blood is thicker than water? Mm. Well, my response to that would be protecting your mental health and your overall well-being is never a selfish move. Because if, if we're essentially saying on the, the other side of things, continuing to expose yourself to danger, to harm, to being physically ill or or having a mental illness, that is not um, going to take precedence over your health, right? And it, and it shouldn't. So again, as, as a psychologist, and, and even just in my conversations with, with friends, I would always say I invite you to consider what you're prioritizing here, as well as what the costs are. Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting to continue a relationship, totally can support you, but let's also think about the costs and the trade-offs to what you're thinking you're getting in return. And as Dr. Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. them. Yeah, it's so, so interesting. If, yeah, so if you're continuing to get that that lack of support or that that vitriol that doesn't feel good and actually makes you ill, then it's okay to create that boundary and to be very, very intentional in limiting any types of interactions. Why is it that certain types of people, and I'll say I'm one of them, I think Michaela probably is too, certain types of people are willing to take so much more from tragic or sort of just problematic relationships um, and always give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And I'll tell you my own personal reason for asking this. I have an uncle who is a police officer for many, many years. He retired a couple of years ago. But during the height of Black Lives Matter last year, I was posting a lot. I was very vocal. We talked about it a lot on our show. My partner is black. There's a lot of reasons that I care outside. Even even if my my partner could be orange or red, it wouldn't have mattered. You know what I mean? Um, But for me, it really, really matters that we have these conversations. He took them very, very personally. uh, And so did his daughters, both of whom were like sisters to me. I was in both of their weddings. Since then, none of them talked to me. And I've reached out time and time again. We had a loss in our family literally yesterday, and I reached out to him. And once again, he did not respond to me. Uh, How do you deal with people like that? And why do we keep going back to people who are not showing us the same sort of love and respect that we try to show them? Because I think that you just hit it right there. We're wanting in return what we so freely give to others. And it feels good to be loved um, like we're loving others. So it makes sense. It's natural to have that tendency, AJ. I know you're how, how kind and compassionate and loving of a person you are. So it's like, well, why aren't I receiving this in return when I'm giving this out? And I think, you know, similar to the, the previous question, there's the opportunity here to think about who family is for us and how we're defining family. I know for a lot of us, it's about our chosen family mm. and making yeah. sure that we're, that any type of relationship, any type of deep, meaningful relationship that we have 
is reciprocated because we we deserve that. It's not love can't just be one sided. Like the whole the old song of like um, I think Neo like saying let me love you until you love yourself. Like nah, bro, that's not gonna work. Oof. So when when we continue to invest in relationships let's make sure that they're reciprocated because that's what we deserve he just told neo he just told neo nah bro that's not gonna work all right well thank you dr milo now coming up find out why one server's girlfriend reached out to a customer after leaving a yelp review coming up next Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, in What's Poppin', this story's wild, Justin. Okay, so Ellen has been dragged since last year. Uh, Her staff said that she was very toxic. It was a toxic environment. Um, We even had Dakota, uh, what's her last name, Dakota? Johnson. Johnson, uh, who the interview went viral again, where she sort of called her out for her behavior. It was so uncomfortable to watch. But now, uh, Ellen says, not only will she not be uh, doing a 20th season, but they're fleeing the country. It's going to be Australia or bust for Portia and Ellen. Um, You know, Portia was born in Australia, has her dual citizenship both there and in the United States. uh, And the power couple who were married in 2008 apparently just want a quieter life after everything that's happened amidst all the drama. So they're fleeing to Australia. I think that's so... I think it's kind of odd. Really? I do, yeah. Why do you think that? Because I feel like Ellen has made such a big, uh, you know, presence for herself. And I feel like... I feel like it's odd that she was like, I only wanted to do 19 seasons. That's always what I wanted. Like, no, I think you wanted to do 20. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like... I mean, look, she could just be very, very sensitive and her feelings could be hurt after uh, what she says she dealt with also a lot of misogyny. So maybe she needs to take a break and just go to Australia. But I feel like she's saying she's leaving the business altogether. I don't think she's saying that at all. Uh, You have a whole bunch of, you know, Hollywood celebrities that moved down to Australia for the pandemic. I mean, you see uh, shots of stars like Matt Damon and all them living in Australia for the past year. And you have uh, Portia de Rossi, who's from Australia, wants to probably move home closer to family. And I, I totally get that. I mean, you moved back to Los Angeles for this job. Yeah. And it had to uproot you and Lisa and the dogs and all but that. But we moved from Vegas. We didn't move to a whole new country. That's true. You but, know, it's a little different. But I mean, they're rich. They have private jet money galore. It's not like they have they, they can't just hop on a flight and come all back. Well, speaking of rich, they did just drop almost $15 million buying back a sprawling ranch in Montecito, California that they actually sold for $11 million in 2018. So, I mean, maybe Australia isn't in the cards, uh, but Ellen did say in an interview uh, with the Today Show, I don't have a thick skin. I mean, I'm extremely, extremely sensitive. And I have to say, if nobody else was saying it, it was really interesting because I'm a woman and all of this did feel very misogynistic. I will say, though, to your point, maybe she won't be in the public spotlight as much. Maybe she'll be behind the scenes, you know, producing, yeah. you know, putting her, her creative stamp on stuff. But I don't think we'll see her in the days that she was as, you know, Ellen, the talk show goddess that she was. Yeah. But I think she still will be a big power player in Hollywood. Yeah, I think so, too. But, you know, there's also the likes of Kelly Clarkson now and Drew Barrymore who are coming in and possibly taking her slots. So, or to we'll Stephanie Haddish as well. Who is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's true. So we'll see how it goes. All right, coming up in our next hour, it's Red, White, and Q. We're joined with Ryan Basham to discuss the new grand jury seated for the next stage of the Trump investigation next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We're halfway there. Oh, I love to hear this song. Listen to me. I did not know. Let me tell you what a treat life is. When you think that you're working, working, guy, working, and then your producer's like, okay, so we got to get some stuff done for Monday. And I'm like, well, what's Monday? And he's like, Memorial Day. And I'm like, wait, so we have a day off? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, oh, my God. There's no sweeter treat than like a surprise day off or like a surprise anything. You're like, oh, okay. Surprise day off. It's Memorial Day. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I... I same time every year. I, I, yeah, but you know I don't look at that. If it doesn't say to my calendar, look at me. It doesn't. Hold on. I'm looking at my calendar right now. Okay, it says it very clearly. I, the point is, 
If you try to drag me on air, Justin, I will call her. I'm calling your wife. That's it. That's fine. I'll call your wife. Uh, We have a great show for you this hour. Uh, We're having some really great conversations that need to be had, uh, particularly with Red White and Q Time. Red White. Thank you with Ryan Basham. There's a lot going on uh, between Richard Marks and Rand Paul. That's like such an odd pairing to even say together like how there could even be beef between richard marks and Rand paul however there is also we uh we are getting his take on the ted cruz situation uh how disappointing ted cruz is and really just made fun of the american military yeah just homophobic and anti-american yeah nice one two pairing yeah so we really love that we're gonna have those conversations this hour also we've got audio of marjorie taylor green um and her anti- I, I feel like it's like anti-Semitic, right? Could you say that? 100%. She says, oh, I'm being pro-Jewish. You listen to the audio for yourself, see what you think. It's gone around the media, but we have the audio of her doubling down on it, which is even more just blasphemous. It's just so vile to think that there were six million Jews ripped from their families. I mean, I literally went to Anne Frank's house. My father is a Jew. And the torture that they endured, and she's comparing wearing a thin mask that doctors wear daily just to try to keep us a little safer. Something to save lives versus something that is actively taking lives. Yeah. just It's unbelievable ridiculous. to me. All right. Well, for now, we've got more stories in news on the beat. Uh, a lesbian soldier has tragically taken her own life following an alleged sexual assault by a military colleague. Days after she came out on Facebook, Private First Class Kaylee Harris was just 21 years old when she died by suicide on May 2nd at a military base in Anchorage, Alaska. She's been a soldier less than a year. In the days that followed her death, Kaylee's mother, Carrie Harris, uh, learned her daughter had filed a sexual assault complaint against a fellow service member 10 days after she came out as a lesbian on Facebook. I asked them, did this man know that she was a lesbian? Carrie Harris told USA Today and they said, oh, absolutely, everybody knew. Now, the following week on January 30th, Kaylee was allegedly attacked by an Air Force airman she'd considered a friend, according to the family's lawyer. Uh, As the military investigated the assault, Kaylee's mental health rapidly deteriorated and she began distancing herself from her loved ones. She expressed thoughts of suicide and self-harm to her superiors who gave her counseling, placed her under a do-not-arm order, and issued a protective order to keep her alleged attacker away from her. It just unfortunately was not enough. Uh, But to know that this young woman who was simply trying to fight for our country, uh, somebody that also Ted Cruz made fun of, Not directly, but in his sentiment, uh, took her own life. It's just so sad. Yeah, the the tweet that he he put out a couple days ago, I I don't want to say it you know, help propagate, you know, it helped propagate the hatred and the vitriol that, towards people like her that helped that helped her take her life. And it, it's just unfortunate. It's terrible. And that needs to stop, especially from people that say that they're, you know, pro-American and pro-our military and pro-everything else. People like Ted Cruz and the GOP, get out. Yep, it's a mess. I hate it. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 93 in Vegas, 99 in Palm Springs. 82 in Miami, 66 in Seattle, 79 in Chicago, 90 in Sacramento, and 100 in Indio. Now give us a vibe of the day, Justin. Perseverance is not a long race. It is many short races, one after the other. Oh, I love that. Keep at it. It's a really good one. Thanks. You're welcome. Now coming up, uh, political expert Ryan Basham tells us the grand jury convening against Trump will break his spell over the GOP, plus the latest BS from Ted Cruz coming up. Alright, welcome back to the Morning Beat. Uh, it's Red, White, and Q, and we're so happy to have Ryan Basham joining us because there's so much going on in the news. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, how are you? I'm doing good, honey. I feel a little excitement, so I'm looking for you to give me good news because... First things first, with this Trump indictment, do you think that this will help uh, break the spell that Trump has over the GOP? Well, you know, (laughs) crazier things have happened. Here's the thing. They want an out. The, the, The reality is that the majority of the GOP leadership would absolutely love to not have to deal with him anymore, not be under his um heel anymore. So they're hoping, they're hoping that he gets indicted. They're hoping that something um irreversible happens. You know, if he if he's convicted of a crime, then he's no longer a player in the in the twenty twenty four elections, and that's what they hope. 
Um, but until that happens, I think they're going to string it out because you got to remember, while this is all happening, they're able to fundraise uh, over it. They're, you know, they send out emails to their donors saying, look what the way that the government is attacking, you know, our president. Mm-hmm. And then they raise money off of it. So I don't think it'll happen soon. But I do think that if the hammer actually drops on Trump, that'll be it for him. That doesn't mean there aren't acolytes who will try and take his place. But at least we'll have him out of the way. All right. Well, let's talk about something very important. If you're just tuning in, we're we're with uh, Ryan Basham, our political expert. Uh, Ted Cruz is not happy that he's being called Kremlin Cruz uh, by MSNBC anchor Brian Williams. But take a listen to the audio of why people are so upset with Ted Cruz as he comes off so un-American. Take a listen. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength. I'm US Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord. Okay, so now if you're not familiar with the clip, basically Ted Cruz dragged this girl and really like kind of promote promoted Russian propaganda. It's so un-American to me, uh, considering he's such a patriot. What do you think about this? You know, it's just disgusting. Ted Cruz has this habit of speaking before he thinks and then forgetting to think. I think um, in this case, you know, look, if you want to talk about tough, if you want military tough, go to the queer community. LGBTQ folks have been toughing it out since birth. And if you want to talk about tough, find the kids of same-sex parents because, you know, our whole community, including the people who are extensions of us, our straight allies, are all really deep in toughness. Like, we know how to survive. So that's who the military should be built with, tough people. And, and, and you know, the, the irony here is, once again, uh, uh, Ted Cruz has stepped in it because this <laughs> this video, this mashup video, hating on the U.S. military, started with rap, uh, the Russian propaganda machine, started with people who are trying to make Russia look better and America look worse. And he just bought right into it. But that's what Ted Cruz does. He buys into things without realizing he's not quite up to snuff to being a U.S. senator, but somehow he got there and got reelected. So we're going to have to do something about that uh, the next time he's up for reelection. But this is just disgraceful and he should be ashamed. He should be so ashamed. I mean, he literally tweeted, holy crap, perhaps a woke emasculated military is not the best idea. And I think that even if you voted for Ted Cruz, I mean, we have to think like a lot of people that are fans of Ted Cruz probably have family in the military. And I would be deeply offended knowing that he had something to say about my child, my brother, my father. Absolutely. I mean, there look, there is still sexism, homophobia, transphobia, etc. in the military. But by and large, the, the, the rank and file members of the military fully support LGBTQ people being in the military, fully support women being in the military. I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. So it's not as if Ted Cruz's, uh, you know, backwards, uh, you know, bigoted position here is in line with what the majority of members of the military want. He's just using them as pawns to make news as he always is. And I guess even that we're talking about it is him winning a little bit, which is unfortunate. I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but I do want to bring to light the fact that he promotes being so for America and the first chance he gets, he really does take our American military down. I think it's disgraceful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have to talk about it. It sucks, but we do, because if we don't, then nobody knows how horrible of a person Ted Cruz is. And I don't normally talk like that about people, but this is below, no. below human. I mean, honestly, maybe what he should do is just go to Cancun, take some time away, Think about what he's done. Never come back. All right, you guys, we're coming up. uh, We're going to stick with Ryan Basham for Red, White, and Q as we talk about this Richard Marks, Rand Paul war and also uh, the disturbing comments that Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, said in regards to wearing a mask. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, if you're listening and wondering why we're playing Richard Marks, this song... When I was about seven years old, I used to stand outside with my screen door open and I was making a music video in my head. I would stare out at the sky and I'd sing the lyrics, but enough about me. 
Richard Marks is an icon, and Ryan Basham is joining us for Red, White, and Q to discuss why Rand Paul is accusing Richard Marks of trying to have him assassinated. Uh, uh, first of all, I will always be right here waiting for you, Michaela. Um, do you want to make a music video with me that. later? Oh, 100%. I have nothing to do today. Fine. Great. Um, done. We'll just stare at the sky and it. sing it. Yes, I'll see you right after the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, look, you know, Rand Paul has made a career of being a victim of things. I mean, we're talking about a guy who, you know, when the board that um, certifies ophthalmologists made rules that he thought were unfair to him personally, he decided to create a competing accreditation board to certify ophthalmologists, which, of course, sank and failed. And he's been doing that since like when he was attacked by his neighbor in 2017 over a totally not political thing. They just had a, a dispute that neighbors have. Uh, he made it about him being politically attacked. None of that's true. Of course, we shouldn't be having fis- physical fights with people. We shouldn't be, you know, mailing suspicious packages to U.S. senators. Those are bad things. They're bad things, period. But when we do them to a U.S. senator, we give someone like Rand Paul additional fodder to pretend to be a victim, to be uh, to give him an excuse to be aggrieved, even though he's a wealthy man with all the privilege in the world. So, you know, it's kind of like a petulant child. You know, sometimes you just have to ignore them until they shut up and go away. And that's I've, although having said that, I've been trying to do that with Rand Paul for years and somehow he's still in the Senate. Um, maybe he should join Ted Cruz in Cancun, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I'm trying to ignore Marjorie Taylor Thomas. Uh, what did I call her that? Marjorie Taylor Greene? <laughs> I'm mean, just thinking of Jonathan Taylor Thomas because I went so back into my youth at the top of this segment. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is somebody that I can't seem to ignore. She made some major problematic comments. Take a listen and then we'll discuss. You know, we can look back in a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about. Now, before we discuss that, I just want to make it very clear that she stood by exactly what she had to say, because then she was asked yet again and she doubles down on her comments. Take a listen. I said nothing wrong. And I think any any rational Jewish person didn't like what happened in in Nazi Germany. And any rational Jewish person doesn't like what's happening with overbearing mass mandates. Now, as a Jewish person, I find that extremely uh, offensive. But I'd like to ask you, Ryan, how do you feel? I mean, it's disgusting. You know, I I think about the yellow stars that Jews had to wear uh, during the Holocaust. I think about, you know, the pink triangle that we see in queer iconography is from the Holocaust, too. That's how they marked LGBTQ people. And I think about all the people who were murdered by the Nazis and how tragic that was. And not just the murder, but also the, the horrific circumstances that they experienced in their final days and weeks and months before they were murdered. And then for Marjorie Taylor Greene, to somehow compare a really simple, basic, not at all inconvenient or uncomfortable public health measure for a limited period of time that's meant to save lives, not take them. I think we just have to take Marjorie Taylor Greene for what she is. She is uh, uh, a a subhuman, um, uh, despicable a low-class human being who will leverage anybody else's suffering. This seems to be a theme with the GOP. Leverage anybody else's suffering, if she can, in order to highlight whatever she thinks is her own suffering. As a straight white woman from the South, she's doing fine, but the only way she can raise all these small-dollar donations is with grievance. And the tragedy is, every time she does something like this, she rakes in cash. It's crazy to me. She sucks. But America's rewarding her for it. It's disgusting. Honestly, I mean, to compare it to the Holocaust, uh, to even compare it to like even the Armenian genocide, you know what I'm saying? Like those are such horrific moments in our life. Uh, uh, People being teared away from their families, never seeing them again, tortured. And we're here just being asked to wear a mask. I can't get over it. Uh, Before we finish up with you, Ryan Basham, I have to ask, uh, will she be punished after GOP leadership condemns it? You know, if it were two years ago in the GOP, she might have been if it or maybe four years ago, if it were the if it were the Democrats, she would have already been out. But the likelihood is that everyone's afraid of her and her fundraising power. People feel like they need her. They cannot step on her. And for the time being, 
She's a Trump acolyte until he decides he's done with her and he throws her under the bus like he does everybody. Um, so for now, no, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to kick her out of Congress. Uh, she might get censured, but that's the worst of it. And so we're, she's not going anywhere for the time being, I don't think. Well, Ryan Basham, we appreciate you so much. We'll continue having these important conversations. I'll see you after work to film our Richard Marks music video. Yes. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, coming up, Marilyn Manson is in some hot water in New Hampshire. Find out the allegations of assault coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's that time for a little gossip and what's poppin'. Now, this is very exciting because people love friends. It is like a cult following, the way that people love friends. I never got into it. I got dragged for filth when I admitted that on my own Instagram, so I totally take responsibility. But I do appreciate the show and, of course, that it's making a reunion. However, uh, the trailer aired. Some concerned fans uh, were questioning if Matthew Perry was okay. Let's take a listen and then we'll discuss. It was an incredible time. We became best friends. Yeah, I'm going to cry now. Okay, so if you aren't paying attention, then it may sound normal to you. However, it sounds like you don't understand what he's saying. So people were like, is Matthew Perry under the influence? We know that he's had a past with drugs. So now really pay attention this time and see if you can hear what he's saying. It was an incredible time. We became best friends. Yeah, I'm going to cry now. Okay, so what he's saying is, I'm going to cry now. So he's saying, I'm going to cry now. Obviously, he's very emotional. And so people were like, is he under the influence? Is he not? So much so that uh, one of the producers said, Matthew turned up to the reunion and members of his team said that he had an emergency tooth procedure that day uh, that was said to impact his well-being and also how he was feeling. He had been in pain from what we understand, which caused the slurred speech. Obviously, no one wants to film after a procedure, but it happened. Okay, do you buy it? Yes or no? I kind of buy it. I I think that, you know, stranger things have happened and a emergency tooth procedure that can happen. That's realistic. That's within the realms of possibility, but his his past and then, you know, some of the editing where they kind of shoot cut him out of shots. Yeah, it's like he's trailer, not there with the cast. Yeah, it, it kind of raises some red flags. And also, I've had like root canals. I've had like, you know, emergency dental surgery, but I don't sound like that and also you would think if he did they'd be like maybe we should just have him come tomorrow or the next day I, it just doesn't sound like a dental injury to me I I, I don't know how you like uh, uh, even with an emergency dental procedure and you have all these people waiting you don't kind of like outside of the live studio audience stuff unless someone's got a schedule I don't know why you don't just push it a day you know let him like get off the yeah, anesthesia yeah friends they've got all the money they've waited literally 25 years to reunite they can't wait one more day to Matthew Perry so he doesn't sound like he's on drugs. Yeah, and they were paid, what, millions of dollars for this one reunion episode? Yeah. Okay, yeah. play it again. I want to listen time. to it one more time. It was an incredible time. We became best friends. Yeah, I'm going to cry now. I don't know. Maybe there's gauze in his mouth, but uh, I, I don't know. I just know that he's publicly struggled with substance abuse in the past, we just got through a pandemic. We've talked a lot in depth about how people have sort of gone back to their old addictions. And honestly, I wouldn't blame him. It was really tough. I just, I hope that he's healthy. I hope he's okay and he's in a safe place. Yeah, I'm, let's hopefully it's just an isolated incident. We'll, we hear that he's fine. You know, they address it in the larger special and we find out, oh yeah, it was just a tooth thing. Yeah, that's yeah. all. He com comes out with all new veneers. We're like, okay, but it makes sense. <laughs> uh, coming up in our final hour, I'm so happy to be joined by a turn up... Uh, Aterna. Aterna. Attorney Paula Canny as she talks about the grand jury and the indictment of Trump. Could he finally be headed to jail? And will any of his family members be held responsible? We discuss next. 
Well, welcome back to the morning beat. It's our final hour this morning, but if you've missed anything at all, we had some really great stories. You can always download our podcast at odyssey.com. This hour, we've got attorney Paula Canny, friend of the show.、Uh, she's feisty and she has her opinions on the Trump investigation and if she thinks Trump's headed to prison. Also,、uh, we are still discussing Mental Health Awareness Week. So, Dr. Milo will be joining us to talk about how to really set proper boundaries. And when it's time to cut your family off, it's such a sore subject for so many people. But,、uh, you know, still continuing to talk with family that's toxic is very damaging.、Uh, but first, let's get into some news on the beat. There's breaking news coming out of San Jose as gunfire erupted near the maintenance yard, leading to multiple fatalities. At a Northern California commuter rail service this morning, calls of shots fired、uh, came about 6 34 a.m. Pacific time. There are multiple injuries and multiple fatalities in this case.、Uh, that's what the sheriff had to say.、Uh, they don't know who the suspect is. They did cite that there was an active shooter around 7 a.m., and they did ask people to steer clear of the downtown San Jose neighborhood, about 50 miles south of downtown San Francisco.、Uh, the reason for the shooting, they're still not sure, but the shooter is no longer a threat. The facility has been evacuated,、um, and they will continue. Continue updating the people of San Jose as San Jose police and Santa Clara County sheriffs and district attorney、uh, handle it. But this is devastating. I, I feel like maybe I'm being naive. I feel like there was a moment where, at least in the pandemic, there were no fatal mass shootings. Yeah, a, a friend of ours,、um, Jay Kaplan, who works production for、yeah. Channel Q, he put it probably the most succinctly way that I've, I've heard it, and this was a couple weeks back. America's back. And this rash of gun shootings and gun deaths just is happening all across the country. It's, it's a pandemic. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. People are dying every day, whether, whether it be from a disease or whether it be from gun violence, it's the same thing. Yeah. And it's just so. Shocking and mind numbing that we've reached this point where, you know, I looked up to the screen, I saw this earlier, and I was like, you know, is this news? Like, it's just kind of the way Because we、life. talk about it all the time, but it's so sad that, that like Jake said, America's back. Like, this、yeah. is what we see as America. It's sad that Ted Cruz is、uh, coming down on our American military. Like, it, it's just very, very sad.、Uh, and this next story is also very sad for our community. Congresswoman Lauren Bobert is getting mocked on Twitter for not quite understanding what pronouns. Pronouns are while trying to mock the practice of sharing one's pronouns. My pronoun is patriot, she wrote, trying to make fun of how it's common now in LGBTQ and progressive spaces to state one's pronouns. People on Twitter were not impressed. Bobert's main point was an attack on transgender people, and she has a long history of opposing LGBTQ rights. She led a press conference outside the Capitol when Congress was voting on the Equality Act, where she went on an unhinged rant full of fake claims about transgender preteens and told reporters she is raising her sons to be men and she is proud of that. She also took a brave stance against SpongeBob SquarePants being gay. The cartoon character has not come. Out yet. Good Lord. We did have a great conversation though with Ryan Basham、uh, on all of this. And so if you、uh, if you missed it, it was the last hour. You can download it at odyssey.com. Now let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 100 in Indio, 86 in St. Louis, 81 in Cleveland, 77 in Buffalo, 91 in Baltimore, and 99 in Phoenix. Now before you give your vibe of the day, we've got some exciting news.、Uh, Glennon Doyle. Is going to be joining、uh, Demi Lovato's podcast today.、Uh, if you don't know who Glennon Doyle is, of course you do, but Abby Wambach, who's been on our show and friend of the show,、uh, will be talking with Demi. And、uh, it's such a great 4D with Demi.、Uh, That's having... Abby's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Not Demi's wife. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Glennon and Abby. Are together. Abby's a friend of the show. They're lovely.、Uh, but Glennon will be on、uh, 4D with Demi. And、uh, I'm really excited. We have a little audio. What you're doing is you are having deeply human conversations where people are allowed to bring their full selves to the、mm-hmm. table. Yes. Whether that full self changes tomorrow. It's this idea that all throughout history, we have created communities where people have to either. Choose their individuality or choose belonging. 
Right. And if you choose belonging, then you have to give up your individuality. You have to pretend to believe what they believe. You have to act like they act. You have to, right? And so yeah. what if we could create spaces, places like what you're doing where people can be both held and free Yeah. to keep changing? Mm. Listen, I love Glennon Doyle, author, activist, speaker, and podcast of We Can Do Hard Things. She also has really big conversations, so I'm excited to hear how Demi and Glennon get along. Uh, now, coming up next in our final hour, attorney Paula Canny is joining us to talk about if Trump is finally headed to prison and what that looks like next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, I'm so happy to have attorney Paula Canny joining us. She always has such a tough Solid opinion. And honestly, we need it because, Paula, a new grand jury seated for the next stage of the Trump investigation is happening. Is Trump headed to prison? Well, there's a lot of steps between grand jury and prison in a criminal case. So, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, if that's if he's ultimately charged, Trump will be the first person who's been a president to be charged with a crime ever in our couple hundred year history. And so far, in my humble opinion, he's probably the most deserving of that honor, so to speak. So what's happening is, and when we spoke a couple weeks ago, and plus, hi, Michaela, it's great to talk to you. Hi, good morning. Hi, listen, I was so excited. I came in so hot. I'm like, tell me if he's going or not. Me too, me too, me too. <laughs> so it's a long, it's a long process. So uh, the uh, United, the the district attorney for the city of New York, Cyrus Vance, has uh, has started a grand jury. But we sort of knew that a couple weeks ago when we talked, when they said, "Oh, oh, it's going criminal," because that's how all criminal prosecutions in the state of New York start. It's by grand jury. So what that means is that the prosecutor calls a grand jury and a grand jury is a group of people under New York law. It's a group of people between 16 and 23 people who are called. There's no voir you know, jury questioning for grand jurors. The, the jurors are just seated and then the prosecutor starts presenting evidence. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it could take this grand jury's term is a period of six months. It's unclear if they'll also hear other cases. But the function of this grand jury is to uh, investigate or to receive evidence presented by the prosecutor about Trump. Okay, grand juries are kind of interesting. There's no judge present. There is a court reporter present. All of the grand jurors are sworn to secrecy. It's a crime in New York for a grand juror to disclose what's being presented to them. But ultimately, the prosecutor is going to present testimony, that's witnesses talking to them, and documents to show, I, to show that you know, Trump or his organization or people within his organization committed a crime and if the jury believes that evidence is presented that shows that there's reasonable cause to believe that trump or whoever they decide to indict has committed a crime an indictment is reached and then the real show starts in terms of active prosecution. Well, if you're just but tuning in... that process in, takes a while. I was going to ask you, if you're just tuning in with uh, Attorney Paula Canny talking about the new grand jury being seated for the next stage of the Trump investigation. So does this mean that we won't hear about indictments for even six months? I think so. I, I think it, that we're not going to hear anything from the grand jury for the period of the grand jury. And that's just how all grand juries work. And, you know, the other thing that's so, but but it's like Trump people know it's coming. I think Trump issued like, oh, this is the biggest witch hunt. Oh, this is so unfair. And what's remarkable to me really about Trump is that he's escaped criminal prosecution for so long. That whole thing with Trump University it was a complete fraud. And in my opinion, if if other people had done that, I think that they would have been prosecuted criminally. So for many years, I think a lot of different reasons he's gotten a pass. 
So you can't do what he did. I mean, remember we talked about that uh, estate in New York, that Seven Springs estate. So for real estate tax purposes, he says, oh, it's worth $20 million. But then for, like, banking purposes and loan purposes, he says it's worth $20 million. That's not legal. You can't do that. You can't do that whether you're, you know, you or me, regular people. And you can't do that even if you were the president of the United States. We have one set of rules, not one for, like, the rich and the privileged, which he seems to think that, you know, he falls within that purview. And it isn't discriminatory prosecution against him or politically motivated because nobody in the nobody in the United States is allowed to do that. You it's just you just it's just illegal. No matter who's doing it, it's illegal. Well, uh, Attorney Paula Kenny, we have about 30 seconds left. I want to finish with, okay. uh, yes, it is illegal what he's doing. Uh, but does any of the Trump administration or his family know? Do you think that uh, some of the Trump uh, family will be churning uh, themselves in or getting caught up in this anytime soon? Uh, that's a great question. And so in grand jury rules in New York, any witness who testifies, gets immunity. It means what you say can't be used Mm. against you. So the main, like, consigliere in the Trump administration is a guy named Weisselberg, and all the gossip is is that they're trying to get him turn on Trump. Because remember, all of this stems from Michael Cohen's testimony from a couple years ago to Congress when he disclosed all the Trump shenanigans to Congress, and then everybody started to investigate what Cohn had told uh, everybody about the illegal goings-ons in the in the Trump administration. Well, Paula Kinney, we appreciate you so much. You know, I adore you. You're so fiery and you're I so adore smart. I you, Michaela. Well, you empower I, us, and I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend and Memorial okay, Day. thanks. You too. Bye, Michaela. Bye. 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 All right, well, coming up, we are joined for Mental Health Awareness Week with Dr. Milo uh, talking about setting boundaries and when it's time to cut off your family. It sounds like some of the Trump family might want to cut off their own father, but we'll discuss coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 